Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. What's up, guys? It's your boy Jeremy. I'm back and uh, talking about the new study. I got to hear Crystal Clear's new episode, and everything's getting pretty cool out there. But hey, before we get into it, listen to this. Hey, guys, and thank you for finding your way to Morgellons Discussion, the podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Murphy, and this show is about Morgellons facts. Uh, that is to say, what has been able to be demonstrated uh, for scientific purposes. So, if you hear me saying something about Morgellons disease on this show, it's got to be coming from the scientific world. It has been published in a prestigious journal, and the science, the experiments that went into producing that data are repeatable. So, if you're looking for factual information about the Morgellons disease condition, welcome to our show. All right, so this is probably going to be a short one because I'm actually on my feet. The orthopedist told me to go ahead and stand uh, on the cast and try to uh, put a little bit of weight on it, so I'm going to do this podcast. This is the first time I've been on the mic since I broke my leg. But that's another story for another day. I want to talk about that new Morgellons research that just came out. The genital manifestations of Lyme disease. And so since I did get a chance to listen to Crystal Clear's new podcast, uh, More Morgellons, which I'm going to include a link in the description below, I'd like to address a few concerns that she raised during that episode. Primary one being, why do we need to use a microscope to elicit Morgellons? Primarily, the reason is because you have to be able to observe the fibers or filaments or threads embedded in the skin tissue. Yeah, you can see clumps of these filaments on the surface with the naked eye, but You can't determine if they're just resting there, were picked up from clothing, or if they're actually growing from out of the skin. That's why the microscope is important. Another concern was, what about all the artifacts? All these other artifacts have actually been studied, and you can read about them in the History of Morgellons from Delusion to Definition research paper, which is a periodic review of the contemporary literature. The thing is, is that they aren't common to Morgellons. If it looks like syphilis and acts like syphilis, it must be syphilis, right? That's what Occam's razor would lead us to believe. But in this latest research paper, they're saying that if it looks like syphilis and it acts like syphilis, then it must be Lyme disease. So the obvious question is, what was done to rule out syphilis? And I have reached out to one of the authors of this research paper, so I'll probably have some updated information to come. My understanding is that first they stained the tissue sections with an anti-Borrelia immunostain. What that means is that if there are antibodies to Borrelia in the skin tissue, then this stain is going to show them. It's going to light up in a different color, and you're going to be able to see, okay, there's Borrelia bacteria in that tissue sample. And then to confirm that it's the Lyme disease species, they used molecular testing. So they found the stain was positive. They went in with a DNA probe, and that DNA probe said, yep, we've got Borrelia burgdorferi B31 senso stricto, the causative agent of Lyme disease. However, a lot of that tissue that was stained did not stain positively, and that indicates a different kind of bacterial species. But it's also good to know, as is stated in the study that that antibody stain cross-reacts with a broad range of treponemes, syphilis. 
So if the immunostain cross-reacts with syphilis, then it's possible some of that tissue, or all of it, could have been treponema pallidum. The only way to confirm it would have been a molecular probe that is specific to that species. And as far as I know, that wasn't employed in this research. You know, and another thing that we haven't really looked at is how many syphilis patients present with Morgellons. We know that about 6% of Lyme disease patients present with Morgellons, and that's low. Syphilis is obviously more well-known to be regarded for skin conditions. So is it possible that a higher number of syphilis patients have Morgellons? And if that's the case, how many of those patients patients are co-infected with Lyme disease. It may be worth it to employ both kinds of molecular testing, one for Borrelia burgdorferi and another for Treponema pallidum, to find out if this patient has both Lyme disease and syphilis. Far as I can tell, those techniques were not employed in this case study. So I'm trying to get confirmation on that. Because to me, it makes more sense that if it looks like syphilis and it acts like syphilis, then it's syphilis, especially in the middle of a syphilis resurgence, a global syphilis resurgence. If you go to the news and do a search for syphilis articles in the past year, you're going to have a hard time finding an omission from any particular country. And the numbers are quite staggering, particularly here in the United States. Our Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have been publicly raising concern about the increase and syphilis since going all the way back to 2016. And in the meantime, we have half a million insurance claims for Lyme disease, uh, many of which are probably based off the single ELISA test, which you guessed it will also cross-react with syphilis. Interestingly enough, one research paper states that Lyme disease does not cross-react with syphilis. And you know, an interesting other fact that I learned recently was that Treponema denticola, also found in Morgellons tissue samples, doesn't cross-react with syphilis test either. That's interesting because they're both treponemes. And of course, treponema is considered to be the causative agent of bovine digital dermatitis. So what's really going on? I don't know. I'm trying to get confirmation on some answers. I still think it's very possible, if not likely, that Morgellons is actually associated with syphilis. And Borrelia, it may be there, but it may not be causative. What do you guys think? Let me know. Leave a comment down below. I love getting those messages. Want to give a shout out to Justice at Morgellons Fireside. She's doing a great work with the investigation. Crystal clear. I love the music, the and, and the, the sound, sound effects. effects. Those are cool. All right. Hope you guys had a good time. Check out this tune. See ya.
gotta get up, I gotta get up. I gotta get up, I gotta get up, yeah. I gotta get up, I gotta get up. I gotta get up.